Hi, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Frank Prampere. He is the founder and CEO of Corpshaw Solutions. Corpshaw is based predominantly in the Dominican Republic. Frank himself is actually based out of Toronto in Canada, but the staff are down in Dominican Republic. So I'm really excited to have Frank on the show to discuss his operations at Corpshaw and also how he sees Dominican Republic as an outsourcing destination. So really excited to discuss and explore all of these varied destinations that are just all really thriving as a result of outsourcing. Uh, As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Frank, welcome to the show. You are joining us from Canada, but you have uh, most of your staff in the Dominican Republic. Republic. So we're doing really a world tour of outsourcing uh, industries right now, and I'm happy to speak to someone uh, representing Dominican Republic. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks a lot for having us, uh, Derek. It's a great pleasure to be on your show today. And. Uh, Corpshaw Solutions, tell us a little bit about that. You are, as I mentioned, you're based in Canada. Uh, Corpshaw Solutions is a Canadian company, but you have your main facility and staffing solution in Dominican Republic, is that correct? Right, that's correct, yeah. So we're essentially a diversified BPO services provider, an IT solutions provider as well. You know, we're headquartered in Toronto, Canada. Um, Our main BPO operation space is in the Dominican Republic. And we also have a few subsidiaries as well in a few countries as well. You know, predominantly co-management partnerships with a few other BPOs. Fantastic. And tell us about Dominican Republic then. Why Dominican Republic? And um, what are your, how big, how big are you? 
Right, that's a great question. Uh, we were very meticulous uh, in terms of considering our first, uh, you know, nearshore operation space when we first established the company, uh, you know, back in 2015. Um, you know, we essentially initially began as a 100% re remote company. So this was even, you know, a few years before, you know, remote actually become like a big thing, you know, which is essentially uh, conferred on the industry due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we initially began as 100% remote. And then we transitioned uh, first to the Dominican Republic. So, um, you know, we tried to do a lot of due diligence in terms of where to situate our first operation base. So we considered Mexico, Costa Rica, Guatemala, a few countries in the Caribbean, and then we settled in the Dominican Republic. Uh, predominantly because, again, the Dominican Republic has uh, you know, close proximity culturally and also geographically with, uh, you know, much of the eastern corridor of the United States and also Canada as well. Um, you know, the accent of the, um, you know, the staff members, especially that speak English and also Spanish as well, is phenomenal. And so it's pretty great and conducive for a voice based campaign. You know, the staff are also very hard workers as well. Um, you know, there's a massive BPO culture on the island as well, like, you know, massive, uh, portion of, you know, the professional services on the island, you know, essentially our BPO services provider. So we knew we didn't have to go over there to reinvent the whole wheel again. But we just have to go and replicate, you know, what existing processes that were over there. Uh, Infrastructure-wise, as well, um, you know, the country has, you know, lots of, um, you know, internet and electricity infrastructure as well. You know, that is able to support, you know, BPO campaigns, you know, either on a, you know, a nine-to-five basis or, you know, economically on a 24-7-365 basis as well. So these were some of the reasons as to why we were attracted to the Dominican Republic. Fantastic. It's a, it's a relatively small country, isn't it? There's about 10 million people there. How how established is the outsourcing sector? And do you know do you know quite how big it is or how many people work in it? Right, yeah. It, it's pretty established. Um, you know, a lot of the major BPO companies, uh multinational BPO companies in the globe have, you know, present, you know, on the island. You know, you have Teleperformance, Concentrix, Alorica, you know, uh Synex, you know, a lot of these are uh, acquired BPOs, a lot of these uh, massive BPOs have of, you know, operations in the DR, and it's not quite yet at the point of saturation, but it's gradually reaching there. Obviously, you've got 10.7 million people on the island, so there's only so many uh, BPOs, and there's so, only so many people that you can hire there before you reach the point of saturation. We're not quite there yet, but we're gradually reaching that point. Got it. And education levels. So, what I suppose education levels and the more technical roles are the is the education system producing the kind of technical caliber or is it more the call center roles and those sort of functions? Right. So, you know, you know, that's a relative uh, situation. So relative to the Caribbean and Central America, yeah, the education system is doing quite a great job of churning out some great graduates that, you know, fit right into the BPO industry, whether it's for the CX roles or, you know, managerial roles, operations roles, or even for IT, you know, roles. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Fantastic. And the do you plan? So your team are remote in uh, Dominican then, or uh, you have facilities there as well? No, no. We do have facilities in the Dominican. That's where the majority, the bulk of our you know direct ownership facilities are situated at the moment. We also do have some remote staff as well. You know, you know, that percentage obviously kind of varies uh, dependent on, you know, the kind of campaigns that we have. Because uh, prior to the pandemic, you know, the majority of the clients that we work with prefer to have the operation 
in the brick and mortar BPO location. But now we've taken on more and more clients that are very flexible when it comes to that regard in terms of you know, getting some of the staff members to work from home. So it all varies depending on the kind of clients that we do with. But now, you know, um, you know, we still have like the bulk of our BPO processes running from the brick and mortar, you know, uh, facilities. And we also have, you know, a portion of our staff as well working from home. Got it, got it. And how do the salaries compare? Uh, can you give us an insight into salaries in Dominican Republic, like just sort of round numbers kind of thing? Right, yeah. So very, you know, um, I'm not sure how, how familiar you are with, uh, you know, the, the Dominican, um, you know, uh, you know, currency, but, the, you know, the, the currency on, on the other end is the Dominican pesos. And obviously, we pay, you know, our staff predominantly in the brick and mortar locations in Dominican pesos. So, you know, the minimum, you know, that goes forward is uh, somewhere around 150 pesos. And then that goes all the way up to 500 pesos, but, you know, typically for a managerial position. You know, so, it, you know, you have that sort of range. And, um, and you know, what is that in US dollars or Canadian dollars or? Yeah, so, so we, we typically peg it to the Canadian dollar. So, you know, 160 pesos, you're looking at about somewhere between uh, three and a half, you know, Canadian dollars, depending on what the exchange is. And then it goes all the way to, you know, 500 pesos, which is, you know, uh, somewhere, you know, close to about, you know, close to about like, you know, 10 Canadian dollars per hour. Got it. Got it. Okay. Fantastic. And, uh, what is your core client, your focus then? Are you kind of a customer service call center or are you more of a staff, staff augmentation and do you focus more on the sort of bigger enterprise or the smaller SMEs? Right, that's a great question. So as I said earlier, we're, we're diversified into your services provider. However, we find the bulk of our client base you know, emanates from the uh, you know, customer service stream you know, customer service, also sales, code call and appointment settings, um, you know, and then we also have, you know, a growing number of our clients that, you know, are also gearing towards the software development, you know, IT stream. We've had a few uh, telemedicine, uh, you know, clients as well, um, you know, some RPA clients, you know, very recently as well, and, you know, some, uh, you know, chatbots and omnichannel clients as well. Wow. And that's quite a spread. So when you get a client that does, um, RPA, for example, or uh, AI chatbots, are you providing the staffing for those people that then carry out those functions? Or are you actually providing the solution and the staffing? So, um, you know, are you responsible for the output of that? Right, that's a great question. So it all depends on um, depending on the technicality of what is required to be done. Um, we either, you know, provide the entire process end to end ourselves, or we either you know, work in consortium with some of the BPOs that we have, you know, very strong partnership ties with or co-managing partnership ties with, and we work with them together to deliver on client demand. Got it, got it. Fantastic. And the industry then, it's it's thriving. I imagine in Central America, is everyone really catching on to the power of offshoring and outsourcing and really wanting to tap into the North American market? I can imagine every economy in Central and South America is hoping to really enter the offshoring race. Is it is it sort of a big part of the narrative for Dominican Republic? Exactly, exactly, yes. Um, you know, uh... The, the local citizenry are actually more attracted to, uh, you know, job positions that, you know, 
uh, associated with outsourcing compared to you know job positions that they would get from the local company. So there's always that attraction point. And again, as I said earlier, you know we we haven't yet reached saturation point on the island, but we're gradually getting there because you know new BPOs are entering and new uh, business processes are always you know emanating you know gradually. Got it. Fascinating, fascinating. And Frank, you are based in Toronto, then in Canada, uh, and you know a lot of the focus, I think, generally is on the U.S. Um, what is what is the perception of outsourcing like on the ground in Toronto uh, for the average business, for the average business person? Right, that's a very great question. So when we initially established ourselves, we used to spend, you know, the bulk of our time trying to attract Canadian business. And we've had, you know, a good amount of Canadian business in the past, but we realized that, again, the bulk of, you know, the outsourcing business, you know, worldwide, you know, emanates from the US alone. Um, I was looking at the figures some time back, and it said something along the lines of up to 85% of all outsourcing business emanates from the US. So we caught on that pretty quickly. And I mean, although we still, um, you know, trying to win as much Canadian business as we can, um, you know, our greater emphasis and focus is on the US. Um, relative to uh, American companies, Canadian companies are a bit more conservative when it comes to outsourcing. They always like the idea in terms of low cost, high quality service. But then, you know, there's a bit more regulation in place, you know, relative to the US when it comes to outsourcing. And so, you know, you have, you know, companies that do it, but, you know, you don't have, um, you know, the greater portion of our companies that are, as much uh, invested in outsourcing compared to the US. Got it. Yeah. And does the average, do you see it much with the average small and medium sized business? Like, is it, is the awareness now there? You know, like the, the industry has a very broad spectrum from virtual assistants right through to, you know, the massive call centers. And then, of course, the staff augmentation where, you know, it's accountants and architects and nurses and doctors. Um, is it is it sort of in the narrative for Canada and are people generally aware of it? Um, do they embrace it or are they rejecting it? Right. So um, the, the, it's sort of like a mixed reaction. Uh, typically, uh, people um, you know that have some sort of business sense in terms of uh, outsourcing and what's going on around the world currently, you know, are more open to outsourcing. But the general population um, are a bit averse to it because they feel as though, um, you know, the living of Canadian jobs and depriving of, uh, you know, local Canadians from, you know, high-paying jobs, you know, like moving all those shops offshore. So there's some sort of adverse reaction to that. Um, you know, there was a very kind of, uh, you know, quintessential example, um, you know, especially a few months ago, where this company called Freshy, which is a food retail company uh, based in Toronto, headquartered in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, they essentially began deploying uh, this sort of, um, you know, virtual cashiers uh, thing um, in uh, Central America. And, you know, basically, it, you, you know, you go into the store, you know, you buy the food. And then when you're about to check out, you know, you'd be, you know, interacting with a virtual ca cashier that's based somewhere in Central America. And, you know, they were getting paid about 375, you know, in an hour. So um, it caught the attention of the news media. They covered it extensively. And, you know, there were a lot of politicians that were catching on the story. They were getting upset, campaigning against it. The local citizenry were, you know, working on boycott campaigns, you know, against uh, that. So that just, uh, you know, tells you that, um, you know, it still, it still hasn't caught on yet. Or is there still much more of a, an adverse public reaction uh, to outsourcing in Canada compared to the U.S.? 
Got it. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? I, I've written about that myself in terms of the opportunity to introduce offshore staff into the restaurants and things like that, because there's just such a shortage of those of those roles, isn't there? Like restaurants are desperate to be able to serve their clients and there's just no one willing to do the work. So it seems like a, a, um, you know, an obvious opportunity. But again, it's interesting when society um, vehemently rejects those things. Do you think it's just a matter of time? And what happened to Freshy then? Did they reverse course or are they persisting? So they persisted and I, I noticed the, the fear will die down a bit more. So, and, and that's the best solution, you know, because again, sometimes when you're trying to innovate or, you know, uh, put out like a new strategy, you know, there's always backlash, but you all, I always find you have to persist on it. I actually spoke about this extensively uh, in a series of articles with the issue Americas. And, you know, I shared my opinion that, you know, the best solution for them would be to persist and also uh, engage on sort of like, a, you know, a campaign like an educational sensitization campaign where they try to educate the public more on why outsourcing would be beneficial for them because essentially, you know, if Freshly is able to outsource, they'll be able to provide cheaper products and services, you know, for the benefit of, um, you know, the local citizens. So they don't have to be paying more for the food products that they're buying from them compared to if they have to use, um, you know, local staff. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? You know, and I, I think there's a huge argument for any anyone in drive-throughs or you know any customer service roles in fast food chains now could all be done from offshore. And it doesn't mean a lesser service; you can actually provide a far better, far more attentive service. It's just that people are sitting in a different location providing that service. Uh, and I I see it's a big opportunity, that, and and I think it's going to come around the corner. And do you know? <laughs> Are there any other um, uh, competitors in the Freshie space that are now attempting the same? Has it has it sort of opened Pandora's box in that regard? I think it will inevitably uh, do that. Uh, currently, Freshie is really a major major company that I know, like especially in the retail space, that is uh, you know uh, pioneering the virtual cashiers, um, you know, uh, thing. But I think inevitably we will get to the point where you know uh, once uh, Freshly is able to ascertain um, the success of this uh, campaign. You know, more companies, more and more companies will uh, you know jump on it. I also think, and I'll, I will say this, I also think it's also a great opportunity for um, you know BPO uh, firms, especially based in the IT outsourcing space, to sort of uh, bridge that gap by providing some sort of um, you know a software solution that you know would enable. You know, a lot of these are small or medium scale, uh, you know, companies in Canada and elsewhere to be able to also leverage virtual cashes as well. Because Freshy, you know, I suppose is a multi-million dollar, like, you know, firm, if not like a multi-billion dollar firm. And so they have the resources to be able to invest into their own software solution, you know, for virtual cashes. But, you know, you have a lot of the, um, you know, uh, uh, the firms in the retail space that, you know, have very thin margins. So it might be a bit difficult for them to, um, you know, actually go out there and invest. Uh, into a software solution that you know facilitates virtual cashier. So I think it's a great opportunity for um, you know uh, an IT outsourcing solution provider to step in and provide that solution. Because once that happens, then that would you know facilitate the greater transition of many of these companies to um, you know virtual cashiers. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And so coming back to Dominican Republic, as you expand, then are you looking to keep all of your 
team within that country or are you sort of looking to to broaden out across central america right so great question again so um you know i think we're about uh, a couple more hundred staff before we actually actively begin to um spread in our tentacles because again you know uh you know when you look at the figures the penetration of videos um and also the hiring of staff as much out far outstrips the the, uh, the general group of uh, the uh, labor population force and so at some point you know you know we will inevitably have to you know sort of uh, maintain the current figures uh, that we have in terms of you know staff and numbers and then you know look elsewhere you know places like say mexico or colombia or um you know uh, panama you know puerto rico probably jamaica you know these kind of countries you know around central america and the caribbean right right yeah, it's fascinating isn't it and um it's just sort of a, a wealth of opportunity in that region for uh for capable and willing resources really right right exactly well done frank and uh Gosh, so since 2015, you have grown now to over nearly over 1,500 staff? Right, that's correct. Fantastic. Well done. And what is the, like, is it predominantly small or medium-sized businesses or large businesses? What, what, where do you see the sweet spot in terms of the clients that, you know, should come and have a chat to Frank, for example? Right. So uh, since we're diversified, we take uh, almost all clients, you know, whether small, medium or large size clients. Um, obviously, I mean, the rule of thumb is that, you know, typically with small size clients, you know, they're more likely to close the deal faster and do less due diligence, but then they're more likely to stay longer. And then large size clients, you know, they're more likely to take the time before, you know, they put pen to paper, but then they're more likely to stay longer and also more likely to invest uh, more into the campaigns. So, you know, you know, that's what it is. And we try to have it like a healthy mix of base as well, you know, because again, um, we find it, you know, uh, interesting, especially working with all kinds, you know, of all sizes as well. Amazing. Well, Frank, it's um, great to talk to you and really, you know, fantastic to have now someone on the podcast representing Dominican Republic. I'm collecting countries at, at a great rate now. Um, and, you know, I'm just really thrilled to see so many countries participating and of course it's not new um, but so many par countries participating in the global outsourcing industry and uh, doing so well from it so uh, congratulations with uh, with the rocket ship growth of corpshore solutions um frank how if anyone wants to get in touch with you or wants to know more about corpshore how can they do that Right. So, um, again, you know, they essentially could go on Google, type in Corpshore Solutions. You know, you can, you know, find our website there. You know, you can get in touch with us on our website. Uh, you know, all our contact information is there for Corpshore.Solutions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, feel free to get in touch with us at any time, you know, uh, regarding whatever uh, outsourcing inquiries, you know, questions, solutions, whatever it is that you'd like to discuss with us. And, uh, you know, one of our staff members would be more than happy to get in touch with you. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Frank. Uh, thanks a lot again. And I will say this in closing as well. So, uh, you know, your new book, Inside Outsourcing, I think it's a fascinating read. I really encapsulate, um, you know, everything that's going on in the outsourcing industry uh, pertaining to uh, remote work, uh, offshoring, and, um, you know, essentially the latest development. So I will recommend uh, to all listeners uh, today to 
if you haven't read the book yet, you know, please do your best to read that book. It's a fascinating uh, book and uh, it will give you a much better perspective on outsourcing, if, whether you're a BPO provider or you're a client. Nice. Thank you, Frank. That's a, that's a fantastic plug for the, for the book. I, I really appreciate that and uh, no, honored, honored that you, you do find it valuable. So thank you, Frank. Uh, thank you, Derek. Great pleasure. That was Frank Pramper. He is the founder and CEO of Corpshore Solutions. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And as always, if you want to ask us any questions, just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.